0: Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 551 for June 16th, 2018. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchatz with Programming by Stealth episode or installment 56 of X. Hey, Bart, how's it going?
1: Things are going just fine, Allison. Uh, looking forward to getting stuck <laughs> into some more bootstrappy goodness.
0: I am enjoying the heck out of this. Uh, it's making yeah. me hungry, but uh, but I'm having fun. And I got most of my homework done this time. We'll see how we go through.
1: Excellent. Okay. Um, so where do we want to start? I suppose we'll remind ourselves where we are. So we are halfway through the second of the four, four legs of the bootstrap stool. So we have done bootstrap utilities pretty well. And last time, we looked at the first of part of what Bootstrap calls content, which is basically using Bootstrap to add extra styles to standard HTML tags. So things that come as part of the normal HTML spec.
0: I like the way you always uh, call I'm it what finish Bootstrap calls today. content, because that doesn't actually make any sense, right?
1: <laughs> it really doesn't, but if I use their language, then the docs will make sense to you, even if they make no actual sense.
0: Okay, good.
1: Uh, And that will then get us ready when we finish. So today we'll finish up the second of the four legs, and that will get us ready to move into the one I am most excited to tell you about, which is the, it'll be our third leg, which is layout, where we get to use Bootstrap to take chunks of the page and put them where we want. Would you like... 12 columns or would you like two columns or would you like some of stuff in a column and some stuff in a row and some stuff over here and some stuff over there and what do you want to happen when the screen becomes small do you want this to go on top of that or do you want this to go over there bootstrap can do it all it can lay stuff out and it can lay stuff out responsively. so you can basically say on a desktop i want this next to this but on a phone i want this above this because there's no room for next to <laughs> all that stuff is in there and that's what we're going to get to play with for the next few installments because it'll take us a while to do that.
0: That sounds really fun.
1: Yeah. And that will then take us on to the final leg of the Bootstrap stool which is what they call components which are things that are not standard HTML tags. They're extra doodle doodle hickeys that the Bootstrap people have built that are nonetheless common. Things that you're likely to want. Um, mm. And there's a whole collection of those and we will play around with those. So... Let's get back to where we are today. So before we go into new stuff, it's time to have a look at your popcorn recipe, otherwise known as our homework. <laughs> um, So we've been building up these recipes together and that's going to be what we're going to keep doing. So your next bit of homework is going to be to keep tweaking your recipes as well. So last time, the first thing I asked you to do was to take the page heading and uh, to turn it into a display heading. And... um. I chose to make my display heading with a subheading, so I used the small tag to make the subheading. Um, I got a a correction, actually, from our good friend, listener, Jill, to um, scold me a little bit. Um, The small tag is for small print, for basically text that is of a lesser importance to other text. It has nothing to do with size. It just so happens that that's how it's generally rendered. So being an HTML5 thing, it has a meaning rather than a physicality to it. So small as in small print is the semantic meaning of the small tag. That really so bothers me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. It just bothers me the idea of it has it's semantic. The word semantic has means it has meaning. But what yeah. is the meaning? The meaning is that it's small. Right? right, but
1: it's saying the meaning you're trying to communicate is that it's small print. It is it is of a lesser stature to the other stuff, which we will generally render as making it physically smaller. It's like paragraph is semantic, heading is semantic. Hmm. Anyway, that's anyway, okay. that is, that's neither here nor there. So the key point is that you use the, the wonderful class display dash one and hey presto, you know, have a display heading. And if you like, you can make you can use a small tag and you can use text-muted, which I chose to do. Second thing then is I asked you to add a pithy description, uh, and that description should have a heading that says it's a description, and then the description itself should be a paragraph marked up as the lead paragraph with the bootstrap class lead. And because it'll be obvious what it is to sighted people, I asked you to make sure that the heading is only visible to screen readers, and that will also mean to um, any sort of bot tra- trawling your page for search engine optimization. And so we do that by having the class s or dash only on the the H two, which is the description, and then we have the class lead to the paragraph itself to mark it as the lead paragraph. And so sighted people will just see the lead paragraph, and uh, assistive technologies will see the heading that says what it is. Okay. And that's kind of all the rest. That. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was that was interesting. I was I was excited to get to use the SR only
1: ones. I've been trying to find an excuse for that for bloody ages. <laughs> <So> I was <laughs> pleased with myself for finally figuring something out. For thinking one up, right? Yeah. So the next thing to do then is to style the heading on the ingredients table so that it looks like a regular heading. And so one of the things we learned last time was that in Bootstrap, if you give the class H2 to anything, it will render as if it was an H2 tag. So we have a table which contains a TH tag, which is the table header, and we want to make it look like an H2. So we just simply give it the class H2 and hey presto, it now looks like an H2.
0: Yeah, that didn't seem groundbreaking to me, but I guess you're right. It's being done as a class, not as a tag itself. Mm -hmm. That's the difference, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, without Bootstrap, that wouldn't work. You could write your own H2 class, but it'd be a bit of work, whereas with Bootstrap, you just get it. There you go. It's been pre-made for you. Uh, The fourth task was then to update the quotation so that it used the appropriate markup as described in the uh, Bootstrap documentation. So we give the block quote itself, the class block quote, which certainly looks weird at first blush, but get used to it because that's a that's a pattern you're going to see in a lot of bootstrap stuff. So block quote class equals block quote. Um, and then inside the block quote, we also have a footer, which we give the class block quote dash footer. And then it will be nicely styled as the attribution of the quotation.
0: So I noticed uh, sometimes you learn more when you make a mistake. Um, I learned mm-hmm. something, and I don't understand exactly what I should glean from this. I forgot to set my uh, the tag to be block quote. Block quote. I had mm-hmm. it as a paragraph tag and class equals block quote. And it looks exactly the same as if you make the tag block quote and the class block
1: quote. Yes, so that is the same behavior as you get with the H2 class. If you say, if you give something the Bootstrap class block quote, Bootstrap will make it look like a block quote. So that's why your paragraph looked exactly the same. The thing is, from a search engine point of view and from a semantic markup point of view, you're, you should use the block quote tag if it is a quotation. I don't understand so at all a v- what, why it matters. Okay. Okay, so visually. The class makes it look right. Semantically, you should act. You HTML should say what it is, and it is a quotation, so you should use the block code tag, because that way, assistive technologies can understand the page better search engine optimization can understand the page better any sort of automated tool can understand the page better if you actually mark it up as being what it is also reader view which does its own styling completely won't know what to do with it if you use a p tag because reader view will say oh this is just a normal paragraph whereas if you use a block quote tag then reader view can render it differently so reader view doesn't look at the classes then no, it does not. ReaderView is looking at the meaning of a page, ah. which means Reader view assumes people have used the correct tag. So that's it's important. The HTML says what something is, and that means it can be used far beyond just the visual presentation. It can be used to query. Uh, imagine you have a large amount of information that's in HTML format. Well, if it's all properly marked up, then you can run queries against it where you, you find out well, I need to m- build an automatic table of contents. So find me all the headings from H1 as far as H4.
0: Well, oh, if people okay. have
1: marked them up as paragraphs, then that's not going to work, is it?
0: Okay, yeah. If you make something bold and a big font, that is not a heading.
1: Exactly. Okay. So y- y- you should, whenever possible, use the right tag. Use, use the tags that says what it is and then make it look pretty separate to that using CSS, okay. i.e. your classes and other CSS stuff.
0: Good. Okay. I'm glad I made that mistake. I learned more about it. Excellent.
1: Excellent. And then the last thing I asked you to do, so the first time we met the Flexbox, turning a list into a Flexbox, we had to do a bit of hackery to make the individual list items behave like block level elements by giving them the class D-block for display as block. And that was a hack. And I told you it was a hack as we were doing it. And I told you we'd learn better. (laughs) And then last week we did learn better. So the last part of the challenge was simply to apply our new learning and to update our list of equipment so that it was using the proper approach to these things instead of the hacked approach. And the great thing is that the proper approach is much less markup. So into every li tag, remove the classes. They are not needed. All that's needed then is the outside list itself. So the ul tag itself gets the class list-unstyled and hey presto, all the bullets vanish
0: i like it plus i can read it and i know what it means
1: <laughs> yeah it's it is pretty clear right list on style display flex uh, d flex box flex row you know justified content between or whatever you have so it's yeah it's it's much more readable that way than our silly d dash block hackery right and i think the last thing i said was and make any other changes you'd like so i hope you had fun
0: <laughs> definitely did definitely did Excellent.
1: So you'll find my full solution in uh, a folder named pbs 55 challenge solution in this installment zip file if you'd like to have a poke. And with that said, we can get stuck into this week's stuff. So this week it's all about images, figures and tables. So we need a new dummy file or a new playground to go mess around in. So there you will find the playground in the zip file as uh, pbs56a.html. There's also an interactive Bootply or Bootply Playground, and I did not copy and paste all of the code into the blog post for a really good reason. Tabular data is big. Oh. And so because I wanted a realistic um, table to play with, we have a large table of data. Of real data, in fact. (laughs) And Um, that just
0: looks like glop.
1: Well, it's long. There uh, will be much scrolling. So okay. that's why I'm just leaving it as it's in the zip file, download it, or it's in the interactive boot ply. So the data I have is genuine data. Um, I've broken it into two separate tables, a summary table and a detailed table. And I have two images, a map and just a random image. Okay. And the text is all straight from Wikipedia, copy, paste, job. Um. Basically, I wanted something that contained real information that happened recently. So Ireland had a referendum on the 30-something amendment to our constitution. Oh, 36th? Yes. 36th. So basically, it's the actual results of the 36th, refer- the 36th amendment vote. Um, okay. The details of the vote are completely irrelevant. All that matters to us is there was a vote. People voted. It's data. Data, data, data. <laughs> okay. So we now have stuff to play with. All right. So the first thing we're going to play with is images and figures. So let's start with just images on their own. And when it comes to bootstrap and images, there's very little extra to learn because the bootstrap utilities have pretty much got us covered. If you would like a border, there's a utility for that. If you want to make the edges rounded, there's a utility for that. If you would like some margin, there's a utility for that. If you would like to float it left or right, there's a utility for that. And we met all of these utilities a few weeks ago. So that's 99% of what we might want to do with images entirely taken care of by the utility classes. So the only new thing I have to tell you about is a very useful um, class to make what Bootstrap calls a responsive image. Hmm. So what does this mean? So if an image is marked as being responsive... As long as the box that contains it, be that the screen or some sort of, you know, a column or something, as we'll see later. We haven't learned how to do that yet, so for now it's just going to be the screen. If the box that contains the image is bigger than the image, then the image is just displayed at its normal size and nothing weird happens. But as you shrink the size of the box by resizing your browser window, say, when you get to the point where the image becomes bigger than the size of the area it's displayed in, if it's marked as being responsive it will start to shrink and it will never be bigger than the width of the container. Okay. So it never gets stretched but it will get shrunk. And so that means that on a phone the image won't be, you know, a quarter of the image visible and you have to scroll over to see it. It will shrink down to fit the width of the phone and if you go to a tablet it'll squish out a bit to fit the width of the tablet and then your desktop it'll go out to its normal full size.
0: Okay. And you do that Oh, go ahead. No, no, go on. I was just going to say, I noticed that you have a. Um, you've put your image inside of a figure. Do you do you put this thing you're about to tell
1: us? Uh, do you do you tell it with a class on the figure or on the image? On the image. So we're still just talking about pure images here. So the image could okay. be in a figure. It could not be in a figure. The image can be anywhere. You can make any image responsive by putting the class img-fluid on the image itself. Okay. So let's do that. We have a playground there. Um, The map is pretty darn wide. So why don't we put the class img-fluid onto the map? Okay. And then resize your browser window.
0: Going down to find it, fig2 class equals. And I get to write it myself. Yeah. I know the homework's been easy, but just typing it again and again, these things myself really helps me learn. Yeah, yeah uh,
1: likewise, practice makes perfect, right? You build up the muscle memory. That's and so lovely. what you should find is that as when the window is bigger than the image, the image is not stretched. It's normal size. But as soon as you start to bash into the edge of it, it doesn't get bashed into it. shrinks to get out of your way, which is a much better experience as you would be normally scrolling up and then a page. So that's called a responsive image. Some people call it a fluid image because the name of the class is IMG-fluid.
0: Let me ask you a question. This class this ability to do this shrinking could cause people to upload images larger than they really need to. Is it still a good yes, idea to size your images down first before you put them up? Don't, don't put up a 3,000 pixel wide image that you're going to display at,
1: you know, 300? It's a balancing act that's going to be different for different people. So if your main audience are people with average internet, don't worry about it. That's so last century's problem. Really? If you you put me, up a 3,000
0: pixel image? Wow. Well,
1: okay, see, three, so 3,000 is being a bit extreme, right? But I will happily put up a, a 2048 pixel image. What is it going to be? 35K? Maybe 100K? Maybe 200K? But it's still small taters.
0: So I'm thinking but about, if I, you take a screenshot of your iPhone 10. I always size them down. I size them down to like 1,000 pixels and then then upload it as a, um, as a written image so it comes out 500.
1: Wait. See, it depends on if you do that. Then people with retina screens have a really poor experience because you've thrown away all the pixels. And no, unless you have it, I a just lot I just
0: said p- I used it as a retina image, so I did it at a thousand, displaying at five hundred. So they're getting the pixels.
1: Okay. So you say, Okay, but you still only have a thousand pixels, so that's still not huge.
0: Yeah, but it's readable on. I, I'm not. I'm not putting up images necessarily of the Sistine Chapel. I'm talking about like screenshots right. and things like that. But it just seems like. You waste a lot of time loading pages if you put up you know, I might have five or six images in, in every in a blog
1: post. Right. So what matters isn't the pixel count, which matters is the file size. Okay. So as long as the file size doesn't get too big, it's not a problem. And I would say that it really depends. So if you're if you're writing a website that you know is going to be used by truckers who spend all of their time on the road scrounging the tiniest bits of 3G they can find. Well, you're going to weigh that balance very, very differently to if you are doing a a website for a local group where everyone has Fios.
0: Hmm.
1: Right. So there is no answer to that question. The question is, the the only honest answer I can give you is it depends. But on average, bandwidth is less of a problem than it was five years ago. It was less of a problem than it was five years before that. It's less of a problem than it was five years before that. So it's definitely less important than it used to be but yeah. your mileage will vary. Yeah, okay. I have to think about that. Sorry, I I'm afraid I can't just say, no, Alison, it's blah, 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 pixels. That's the perfect answer and all Well, situations. no,
0: I wasn't asking that. I, I just, I remember the days of where people would say, ooh, I think I'm going to use this awesome photo I took of the beach, and I'm going to make it my background for my webpage. And, you know, you'd wait three and a half minutes for somebody's webpage to load because they'd put up this gigantic image on there.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the best thing to do is to load your own page while you're out in the car. And if your page loads, you have no problem. (laughs) Okay. I'm practical sometimes. (laughs) So, plain old images on their own, the only new thing to learn is this img-fluid tag. Or, sorry, class. Uh, But then, figures. So, a figure is the combination of an image with a caption. Whenever you think of a figure, think the pairing of an image and a caption... And the HTML5 tags for doing this is the figure tag to contain the lot, an IMG tag, obviously, for the image itself, and then a fig caption tag for the figs caption. So you'll have a figure tag on the outside which contains an IMG tag followed by a fig caption tag. That's the normal structure of a figure. Is that ringing any bells?
0: Yeah, that's one of my favorite things I've learned in HTML in the last couple of years was I started putting figure classes on. I find them very difficult to correctly type I had to finally write a text expander snippet because I never get it right when I try to remember
1: how they work. That's exactly why text expander exists. <laughs> so in Bootstrap World, if you just do a normal figure, very, very little will happen because you're not applying any of the opinionated bootstrap CSS. So to tell Bootstrap that you want it to go ahead and mess with your figure, you give it the class figure. And then the figure caption, you give the class figure dash caption. And the image, you give the class figure dash img. So Mm. figure class equals figure, img class equals figure dash img, fig caption class equals figure dash caption. And at that point, um, you've basically opted into all the bootstrap treatment. Now, what you will notice is that the bootstrap treatment is quite subtle. What it will have done, most obviously, is make the text in the caption obviously subordinate to normal text on your page. It will be a more subtle colour and it will be a little bit smaller so that as you're reading a paragraph of text, you're not going to get confused, is this the caption or is this the text around the caption? No, no, it will be obviously different. Um, Other than that, the biggest change is some subtle tweaks to the margins so that if you float the figure, it will behave in a nice way without having the text bashing too close into it. So most of what this does is quite subtle. Okay. Now, the good news is you can still have your IMG-fluid on the image itself, no problem at all. And you will generally find that people put the class rounded, so the utility rounded, we learned about a few weeks ago, onto the images too, because they just look that little bit nicer with their with their corners knocked off. Hmm. Like, it's not a very obvious, it's not a very dramatic rounding, right? It's just a subtle little, you know, probably no more than five pixels are worth of rounding. It's tiny, but it, it, it does make a difference. So most people will have a rounded corner on the images. But again, entirely optional, right? Okay. Hmm. So let us. No drop shadows, though, huh? No. Um, if you use the optional and not part of the standard bootstrap shadows feature, you can throw that optional class onto your figures and that will work. Or you can just use the CSS you know already to do your own shadows. Yeah. It can be yeah. done. Um, but uh, bootstrap is very. F- uh, it's sort of. It's in the flat universe, it doesn't do shadows. Okay. So, if we take the first image that you meet in our playground, and if you give the figure the class figure, the image the class figure dash image, or IMG, and the figure caption the class figure dash caption, you'll see what I mean that it hasn't made a huge change apart from the text. So, are you playing along?
0: I uh, I am, but I'm getting lost. Um, I think okay, I just, so... I just, no, 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 no. You don't know how I'm getting lost. So let me tell you, I, I just discovered that your results table is a figure. That's confusing to me.
1: My results table is uh, a figure. Oh, maybe I did. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I'll just mm. put on this one too. One of them, I, I think I managed, I think the figures classing, we can look at it afterwards, but I think it might be in the, in there twice.
1: I don't know. All right.
0: Now I'm on the right figure. Well, something's I think. gone
1: terribly wrong with my upload. Maybe did you drag and drop something around or something? Because in my code there's two exactly two figures and neither of them are tables. Okay. I
0: did something on the wrong one, I think. Okay. Um maybe I did it on the map. And I was supposed to be doing it on the first one. Okay. I'm catching up.
1: Okay. So we're 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 playing around with the first one because it's a little bit more normal sized. Um we will deal with the map in a moment, but for now we're playing around in the normal one. So we just give it its 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 uh its figure class, and then we give the image the class figure dash img, uh, and then we give the fig caption the class figure dash caption. Just to make it look more pretty, I've also added img dash fluid and rounded to the image. Um, ca-
0: catching up. Where do you? Where did you see? I put thought the, I, I the can, rounded thing.
1: On the image, so inside the img tag. So class... So basically the image should have class equals figure-img space img-fluid space rounded.
0: Ah, okay. That's going to knock the corners off.
1: Yeah. Oops. You it's have to spell problems.
0: rounded correctly,
1: apparently. There we go. That is okay, a really, so really
0: subtle difference,
1: like you said. Yeah. Subtle word. Subtle is important, though. <laughs> There's there's a lot of things in this world that are not subtle and they suffer for it. Uh, (laughs) So, at this stage, the image is sort of just sitting there. It's not positioned in any way sensibly. So, let's do the most logical thing to do with an image, which is to float it to the right. So, before we float it, let's shrink it a bit. So, we'll give it a width of 25%. So, on the figure, we're going to say class equals figure is there already so you figure class equals figure so after the figure pop in space w dash25 and then you should sh- you should see everything shrink to be a quarter of the width of the page and because oh, our yeah. image is set to be fluid it will shrink too hmm then we put another space and then we put float dash right got it So, hey, presto, we should now have a decent-looking figure. Oh, but, you know, i got to add some margin on that.
0: Or some padding, depending Uh, on which one it is today.
1: (laughs) uh, Okay. Well, by default, it shouldn't be bashed right up. It should be sane by default. Nope.
0: Smashed right up against it. Just like the... the, At the width I'm at, the word and the D is just like a tenth of a millimeter off of the the image.
1: Okay. uh, That's... Not expected behavior if all the classes are correct
0: hmm. well it says class figure dash image
1: maybe and what about okay well no it should be figure class equals figure space w dash twenty five space float dash right we're we're styling the figure here, not the image
0: didn't I just say that figure class equals figure dash you said image class equals w dash
1: class equals Sorry, you said image class IMG class okay. equals, which is why I got confused. Okay. Is, is it definitely on the figure?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Grant,
1: sorry, that's not what you said. But, but if I fine, take
0: if I take the M three off, the letters smash right into the image. So, they always do in my in my
1: okay, uh, website. So uh, okay, I'm not surprised I, I, at it. Okay. What, what, is it possible? There's leftover classes from stuff you were playing with earlier. I've never touched this only... file before. This I just opened it up when I started. We started the episode. Okay, but there's there's no M3 anywhere. I just put it
0: in. I said I oh, had to okay. put it in because I didn't want the letters smashing up against the the image. Okay. Okay.
1: There we go. Anyway, the point is we have a properly floated right figure. Nicely floated. I like it. Yes. Exactly. And, you know, it looks good with its text. The Fig
0: caption doesn't. does look good, too. Yeah, it's a light, it's just like a little bit lighter gray and kind
1: of small. Looks great. Yeah. So the next thing you may want to do, rather than floating a figure, is to center it in the page if it's a big image.
0: Oh, that can't be done. I always, I, 9,000 times
1: I've wanted to do that and I search and search and search and it's not possible.
0: Images can well, never I'm going to blow centred. your mind then.
1: <laughs> Pre- prepare to have your mind blown because we are going to center this giant big map. Okay, so you say. So I say. Now, initially we're going to fail, but then we will succeed. Okay. So we're going to start by going down to that big map figure and just setting it up with the basics. So figure class equals figure. Mm-hmm. And then img class equals figure dash img space img dash fluid. And then fig caption class equals figure dash caption. Right. Right and to get us started along the way space text dash center so at the very least our capture the text will be centered so i was going to say we're halfway there but we're not halfway there we're a teeny tiny bit of the way there but we're some, some of the way there just that text dash
0: center that's just magical <laughs>
1: i love it that's <laughs> what
0: i've always wanted
1: <laughs> um so ordinarily as we learned last time when playing around with quotations ordinarily for a block level element if you set the width to something less than 100 say w-75 and if you set the left and right margins to auto what css will do is it will half the difference left and right effectively centering your thing and you can try it here by adding the class mx-auto and w-75 to the figure tag and it won't work
0: uh what is MX dash auto? Have we talked so about M. MX
1: that one? means the yes, yes. So remember this okay, so M M dash three is a three margin on all four sides. Right. Yes. M X dash something is a margin on the X axis only, so left and right, and M Y dash something oh, yeah, is yeah, a margin yeah. top and bottom. Right. And then M L and M T and M B and the one I'm missing. Yeah. <laughs> R. Thank you, yes. Okay. So MX-Auto should have, should basically give you an automatic margin left and right. And normally that works, but it doesn't work on figures in Bootstrap, as you will, you will observe. So you give the W-75 and it will shrink, and it will stay glued to that bloody left edge. Right edge. Okay. Left, left edge. Anyway, wrong edge. It <laughs> won't be centered. Why isn't it centered? Well... You could do what I had to do to figure this out. <laughs> so you could enable the developer tools in Safari and then use your little arrow pointer thing to click on the uh, the uh, figure and then it'll select the image tag probably. So click on the actual figure tag and then in the right sidebar, choose the thing that shows you all the CSS rules. Mm-hmm. And what you will find is that... the display property has been set to inline block, which is something that Bootstrap did, because the default for a figure is actually block, but Bootstrap defaults to inline block, which is normally sensible. Why? Except if you want a centred image. Wait, why? Well, so that you can float them? You can float them either way, actually, um, so that you can have a small figure sitting inline in your text. Hmm. So okay. the whole figure behaves like a single image, basically, is what that does. Okay. But we want it to behave like a block. So how might we do that?
0: By reading ahead in the show notes?
1: <laughs> or by reading back <laughs> three weeks or so. Right. D-block says display this as a block. Whatever you think it was, display it as a block. So if we just give the figure the class D-block, hey presto, it jumps into the middle.
0: So you technically didn't say what I said was impossible. You centered a figure, not an image. Would this have worked if it was on if we didn't have the fig the figure stuff wrapped around it? If we
1: could put those same classes on the image and do it that way. Yeah,
0: it would. Okay, I have not seen it yet, so I'm not fully believing you, but ninety percent believing you.
1: <laughs> well, usually what I'm trying to do is get figure centered because I want my image on my text. Because I almost never have a picture that doesn't have some text with it. Oh, okay.
0: I, I don't do fig captions. As much as I love fig captions, I really, truly do. I don't do them that often because it's they're so hard to type. Even after, <laughs> I just, I always find them problematic, but uh, I, I do like them.
1: Okay. Well, either way, we now have a nicely centered figure. And because we've given it the IMG-fluid as well, as you resize your browser window, this whole thing behaves extremely nicely. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful.
1: So there we go. We have now done images and figures. So now we go on to the big meat and potatoes of the day here. Tables. (laughs) And that's my favorite mantra in the world. What are tables for? Tabular data. (laughs) Ta-da! So we have two pieces of tabular data here today. We have a little table and a big table. And we're going to use them to illustrate different ways of doing things in Bootstrap. I do need to give a little bit of a preamble here. So, Bootstrap is written with the assumption that you write your tables properly. The proper HTML5 way, that is. So, that means that your table tag can optionally contain a caption tag, must contain a t-head tag, if you have a header, absolutely positively must contain a t-body tag for the table's body. Mm and can optionally contain a T foot tag for the table's footer. So the head and the foot are optional, the caption is optional, but that T body is absolutely not optional because if you don't put it in there, none of these styles are going to work because Bootstrap is written on the assumption that tables contain table bodies, contain rows, contain cells.
0: I don't remember T body at all. Maybe I've been writing it and I forget. Huh. Okay.
1: I only ever taught you to do tables the right way. Yeah. Um, Oh, that doesn't mean I did them the right way. (laughs) <laughs> right, because tables have existed since like HTML 1 or 2 or something like ridiculously long ago, but table head and table body and table footer, they're much, much newer. Okay. so and I've been writing them the without internet. you for a long time, so. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So much of the internet is full of tables that are missing their bodies. <laughs> Which is, sounds really disturbing to me. It does. So when we're using Bootstrap, we have to write our tables properly. So we need our T-heads, our T-bodies and our T-foots. Or T feet. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing is Bootstrap is standoffish on tables. By default, Bootstrap does not apply its styling to tables because Bootstrap is quite opinionated when it comes to tables. And whenever Bootstrap gets opinionated, it gets optional. <laughs> and so if you want, to, well, no, it's a really good way to go, right? So if you want to opt in to its opinions, you give the table the class table. So table class equals table is going to up the table into Bootstrap's opinions. And so let's just do that and nothing else to both of our tables. We'll just give them table class equals table on both of our tables. And immediately things change. I must be unobservant.
0: I watched it and didn't see anything change. So I'm looking at the national... Ah, phooey. Keep looking at the wrong one. No? I'm looking at the right one. Are these upside down each other? Okay outcome Where? yes is that the first table yes i Can't... oh okay there's outcome okay there we go all right so i put in uh, class equals class oh no
1: <laughs> i wrote table class equals class well, it's repetition, isn't it? There theres definite repetition needed. It's just slightly the wrong okay, repetition. Okay, now it's got a big difference when it's class equals table. Okay, oh yeah. Quite an opinion. It's got yeah. little underlines going across. It stretched things out so I can read it. I like it better already. Yeah, so the two things that it's done that are most notable is it has made the table 100% wide uh-huh. and it has added some uh, borders. So it's not a fully bordered table, right? There's not a border on every edge of every cell. But there's a border on, it's you know, the wherever two roads row. meet. Yeah, at the top of every row, basically, yeah. is the best way to describe it. It's quite contemporary. It's quite readable. And it's actually quite nice. But it is rather opinionated. So that's why you have to opt into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: And everything else we do from here on in assumes that you have that class table in there. We can then tweak the opinions, but you have to leave the class table there. Okay. Otherwise, the whole thing falls apart. Okay. So the first thing we can do is very dramatic. We can change your tables from black on white to white on black by simply adding. So leave. So class table, leave it there, then put space table dash dark, and watch how things change. Ooh. That's definitely a, a major change. <laughs> I now, I'm, I would suggest backing out of that because I, I think that's a little too much yeah we can be a little we can still be dramatic but not quite as extremely dramatic so scroll down to the t head tag okay and give it the class t head dark so now no. only the header has gone inverted Ah, okay yeah that's a little more tolerable just kind of sets little... it off yeah, so there's a there's there's another middle ground that's a bit more subtle. So change that to head dash dark to to head dash light, and you will end up with instead of a black background, a subtle grey background. Oh yeah, yeah, which is better than the default white, I would say. Right. So to head dash light. Um, you can also style any row or any cell. With the normal Bootstrap colors, so Primary, Secondary, Success, Danger, Warning, Info, Light, Dark. Hmm. You can make a mess but of it. They would by default. So you can do bg-primary on a row and see how gaudy that blue is. So Bootstrap, have thought of that, and there is a variant of these classes specifically for table backgrounds, which is table-primary. Or table dash secondary, and there are slightly more pastel variants of so the So, where, where does BG. that uh, class go? You, ha- you have the choice of doing it on a row or on a cell.
0: But you can't so do on it on a the tier, whole table.
1: You can't do it on the whole table. It's a row level or the cell level. Okay. So, as a reasonable example, there's a row in that table. For the yes vote in the referendum. So, why don't you give it the class table dash success? So, So on the row that contains yes, so on the T or that wraps the whole yes.
0: Table dash success.
1: And that should now go green. Okay. And on the one below it, give it table dash danger for the no. It's red. And that should go red. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Now, for contrast, Change that to bg-success and you'll see how, how much more gaudy the defaults are. Oh, yeah, yeah. So
0: it's a deep, rich green instead of just a subtle... Yeah. I would like now, to highlight this this
1: row, not make your eyes bleed. Precisely. Now, if you use table-dark, the table-success doesn't work. However, the traditional bg-success will work. And those gaudy colors are fine on a black table. <laughs> okay, I don't want to do that. I know the black table is a bit much for me now, yeah. I have to say, but I'm sure some people love it. So the next thing to want to do with your table is to highlight rows. And for now, I'd like you to scroll down to the bigger table because this is where you need some help to, to recognize where rows begin and end and so forth. Okay. Because if you have a large table with many rows and many columns, scanning left to right may end up with you changing rows by accident this always happens to me and I end up saying silly things like hey how did the yes vote win with only 32% <laughs>
0: you
1: know it's an out by one error is so easy that's why green so, bars
0: if, were invite, invented back in the uh, the line printer
1: days indeed they were and they are in bootstrap too so that is exactly the first thing I want to tell you oh, about. so nice. if you go to that table
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so leave the table class equals table in place but after the table put in space table dash striped S-T-O-R-I-1-P-E-D. Otherwise, it'd be stripped, and that's different.
0: Ooh, and it's got light grey every other line. That's fabulous.
1: The other thing you can do for a little bit more oomph, or, I mean, you can leave the striped in place if you like, or you can change it to table-hover, dash but you can do both or one or the other. All of these classes are designed to work together, by the way, so if you make your table dark, you can also make it striped, and it will just have different zebra pattern. And you can also have your table be dark and have a table dash hover. So with oh, the table dash the table hover, dash as ever, it's beautiful. Yes, yes it is. I'm a huge fan. The thing is, hover only works on desktops and laptops. Hover doesn't work uh, on no touchscreen devices. There is no hover. Yeah. So that's why having both striped and hover is probably best.
0: I should tell. I cut you off before you could say what hover does. Basically, as you hover over the rows, they sort of highlight in a, and it's a, it's just a slightly different shade than the regular gray that's going on with the uh, with the stripes.
1: And that's all you need, right? Yeah. You just need that little bit of help. That's neato. That is beautiful. Uh, now, these row highlights only work inside the t body. Notice that your header didn't get zebra striped neither would your footer have actually there is a footer on this table the totals are in a footer and they didn't get zebra striped Ah, so the zebra striping only works within the body Hmm. and that's why it's important to have a body because if you didn't have a body that class would have had no effect on anything oh right 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 okay bet I forget that (laughs) 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 so the next thing then is borders right? so by default you're getting this sort of semi-bordered table which isn't actually bad, I quite like the semi-bordered look, but sometimes you may want to assert yourself, and you get to assert yourself to the two extremes. If you give your table the class table-borderless, all the borders go away. And if you give your cla- your table the class table-bordered, all the borders come on. So every cell gets all four borders. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. So they're they, they your choices. The other thing you may want to do sometimes is to just, so by default the tables are quite open, which makes them quite easy to read, and they're particularly good for sort of the smaller summary style tables. But you may want to shrink them down a bit, lose some of the spacing, just tighten it up a little bit. And you can do that with the class table-sm for small, Hmm. and that will just, it won't make the text smaller, it'll just tighten up the various bits of white space, just bring it all a little bit closer together. So to see this in action, let us go back up to the smaller of the two tables. So scroll back up to the first one. And let's have a little bit of fun with that table. So the first thing we'll do is give it table-sm to shrink it down a little bit. And as you see, it's not... It, it's smaller, but it's not... It hasn't become small print-like. It's you know it's just tightened things up a little. I must
0: have done it in the wrong place. Table class equals table... Space table dash SM. That'll do it. Hmm. It didn't shrink. the one. I must, must have a typo in here somewhere because I did it on the big table and it definitely shrunk things up.
1: Maybe hmm. it's just not that noticeable on the smaller table. Yeah. But you did see it change the big table, so you do know, so you have seen its its behavior.
0: Actually, if I, yeah, if I do an undo and a redo, it, it seems like I can
1: see it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to do with that table is, sh- is, is is proper shrink it by giving it the class W-50. That's going to make it 50% wide. Yeah. And then I'm going to blow your mind and say, give it the class float-right. You're not going to float it. That's crazy tough. Yes, I am. Next
0: thing you tell me, you're going to make it in the center.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could if I wanted to, actually, With just the margin-auto would do that quite well, actually. Um but yeah, float right will float it over, and hey, Presto, we now have a nicely positioned little summary table next to our text. Okay. Nice. So there we go. Last thing, then, to talk about is just the, the table captions. So the table caption tag... So captions are not headings, right? That is the first thing to say. There are people on the Internet who will abuse the table caption tag to give their tables headings. If you do that with Bootstrap, you'll be excruciatingly disappointed because Bootstrap styles table captions in exactly the same way that it styles figure captions. Underneath, small and grey. Not a very good heading, but okay. a very good caption. What? So the point of a caption is to describe what is in a table, not to title it.
0: So um, that's interesting. So people take the the
1: uh, caption and put it up at the top above... There are. You will see that done on the internet. Huh. Like I say, tables are one. Of, tables are the single most abused tag in the entirety of HTML.
0: Now you wrote it Maybe. at the top too, but
1: it shows up at the bottom. Correct. So the correct markup is at the top. Huh? But Bootstrap will display it at the bottom. Okay. Which is fine. That's so. A very do we need to give it to
0: class equals caption?
1: Nope. As soon as you give, as soon as you say table class equals table. You have just asserted bootstrap opinionatedness across the entire table, caption and all. Okay, but we we don't get a of You did have the to do it in figure. No, that's it. I'm just mentioning that it will be oh. properly styled for you. Okay. And just to stress that the point of a caption is to describe the table, like you would describe an image in a figure. So if you're going to have a caption, don't use it as, as a title. Use it to say what's in the table. Describe the table. Yeah. And if you don't need to describe your table, don't have a caption.
0: I don't think it's ever occurred to me to put a caption on a table, but it's certainly, now that I look at it, it's going, well, that, that's a pretty good thing.
1: It depends on the table, you know, because it can be useful sometimes to say, that you know, something is in some color or whatever. I mean, depending, if your table needs icons to make it work because you have just so much data to get in, then you probably want a caption underneath to say, and this icon means, you know, the smiley face means you made a profit. The sad face means you made a loss. The angry face means we really, really made a loss.
0: (laughs) I wrote text-center on my caption.
1: Oh, yeah, you can do that. And you can do text-write, whatever you like as well. Look at me, go girl. (laughs) Yeah, see, I mean, the, the utilities are great, right? You can just plaster them around anywhere. So the very last thing I want to talk about is horizontally scrolling tables. If you have a very large table with lots of columns, particularly, and your screen size begins to get small you end up where the table is poking through the side of the document. So rather than having the table make the whole document wider and have you scroll the whole document, what if we could just make the table itself scrollable so that at least your screen wasn't getting all stretched and stuff? And you can do that with Bootstrap, um, but it involves wrapping your whole table in an extra div and then giving that extra div the class table-responsive. Huh. So that's not really the table doing it. that's the div doing it the, yeah, and you need the help of the div for this to work. It's just because of the way HTML works with tables. hmm And you can try it there. so if your window is wide, no scroll bars will appear, but once you start to shrink it down to the point where the table the, the tabular data just doesn't fit anymore, then the you know the whole page isn't going to be it, the, the table isn't going to poke out wider than the paragraphs, but it has just become scrollable.
0: It's gonna take me a while to scroll to the bottom of the table to find where to put the closing div tag. So
1: I'll be I'll be back with you. I know a minute. it's. It, I was gonna say it's it's literally like really 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 at the bottom of the document. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Slash
0: div. I think I'm with us now. So now you're saying if I shrink my window, um. Uh, oh, look at that! It scrolls right left, just yeah. like you said. Okay.
1: So that's it that that is that is tables tamed. I think you I think you'll agree that we have really transformed our tables from very oh, very yeah. boring to really quite nice.
0: Yeah, I at you a little bit at some of this uh, bootstrap stuff was a little subtle, and I was like, "Oh, come on, I can barely tell." And you said, "Oh, it's huge," but this one is huge. These are I love that uh, the striped and the yes, uh, and yes. the the subtle lines. That's that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, and when we start to get into the layout stuff subtle isn't going to be it because when you're literally saying take this entire thing and make it a column that's not subtle right that's (laughs) that's pretty you are now taking chunks of your page and slinging them left and right and up and down and so forth so yeah we're we're out of subtle territory you're going to talk me into wanting a bootstrap
0: theme for podfeet.com aren't you (laughs) i don't think i'm going to have to do any
1: talking (laughs) you're a monster I'm I'm hoping I find a nice one that we can both use And that'll just be great Then we'll both be happy Oh, but it took me years to get the one I have And I love it <laughs> That is also true <sighs> Anyway, right. let us set you a challenge Okay It's not a very difficult challenge Because unfortunately Well, no, it's they're just not difficult when we've only basically done two things today uh, You can probably guess I'd like you to make the image in your recipe responsive So that it it shrinks itself as you make the window smaller And uh, I'd like you to style the entire figure, in fact, to make it look nice. If you think that's centered, then center it. If you think that's floated, then float it. Whatever you like. Make it look nice, learning what we've done today. And then I'd like you to make your table look nice. And what nice means is entirely up to you. Great, great. Practice, practice, practice. Practice, practice, practice. And point four is the evergreen. Make any other improvements you consider appropriate. (laughs)
0: Uh one thing I wanted you to mention here um I was talking about offline I've got a problem with my last table won't let my footer float around it and we think it's probably a mismatch tag somewhere and I told him mm-hmm. I said I've sat there counting my divs and I know it's something like that but I can't see it and you suggested a specific site that you've told us about 300 years ago
1: so can you mention that again Yes so The W3C is the World Wide Web Consortium. They're the people who standardize HTML. And they very conveniently have an online HTML checker, which is available at validator.w3.org. And that will let you either point it at a URL, upload a file, or copy and paste some HTML into a giant big text box. And it will then analyze the HTML and tell you everywhere you broke the spec. I have a feeling and it's going to find more mistakes than just the one. <laughs> Invariably, that does happen. I'll be honest. It's I, I, it's very rare that I will handwrite an entire HTML page, put it in the validator and have the validator to go, yep, perfect. <laughs> do you actually do that every time? It, it tends to be something I do when I'm finishing a project. Just okay. to sort of to dot my I's and cross my T's. Okay. Or dot my T's and cross my I's. Yeah, no, I did get that right. <laughs> Um, I used to particularly do it back in the XHTML days because it was much harder to make your XHTML valid than it was to make your plain old HTML5 valid Um, because you had to remember to close all your tags and stuff whereas with HTML5, you still have to remember some things but it's much less onerous and so that's easier to get right
0: so I um, this week was I was actually looking at this HTML file and I wanted to open it up in Atom instead of Code Runner so that I could because Atom lets you fold things up and I thought maybe I'd find mm-hmm. my missing div tag because that's I'm pretty sure that's what's missing somewhere and uh, and I right clicked and I went to open with and I bumped it as I didn't hit Atom and my mm-hmm. HTML opened in an application called Balthasar Tidy I have huh. no idea where I got this app, but it is an app to help you clean up HTML. Well, isn't that convenient? (laughs) Well, it really is, but it it tells me I just, my my memory's really poor, and I load a lot of junk on my Mac because it's B-A-L-T-H-I-S-A-R, Balthasar, and it's a free utility. It's a biblical name, isn't it? It might be. I don't know, but it's uh, to uh, check your HTML. Balthasar, oh, it's got a really cute icon, too. Yeah, it's got a little broom over some XHTML. I mean I'm assuming it's doing HTML5, but uh well, it's from the App Store. Oh, is it really? So I I download
1: if, from the App Store. It says
0: Yeah. If somebody knows where I got this and wants
1: to tell me. <laughs> I'm just really curious. It just it's it appears to be quite lovely. Yeah, I'm just looking at it in the App Store now. Oh, it's a free download.
0: Yeah, it hasn't asked yeah, me uh yeah. oh, mine says Let's see, Balthasar Tidy for work is $7.99. So what's the difference in for work and for pleasure? I don't know. Uh, then there's the regular one from our website with the added security protection, Apple's application sandboxing.
1: Yeah, there's a free one. Price free, 74 megabytes, family sharing, yes.
0: What's not Last
1: updated like? May 2018. That's pretty Oh, that's reasons. really
0: good. So that's probably HTML5 and all that.
1: Oh, look, what's new in version 4? Balthazar Tidy now performs W3C validation.
0: No way. There you
1: go. Okay, so... You don't have to go to the website. <laughs> you can just get it for free in your Balthazar. I'm installing this. This is great. All right.
0: Well, uh, good. And it's all because I bumped my mouse when I was trying to do an open
1: with an atom, and luckily Balthasar Tidy was a B. You see, you know what's going to happen now is about four months from now, I'm going to say, Alison, I found this weird app in my in my app folder. I have no idea what it is. It's called Balthazar? <laughs> But the best part is I'll go, huh, wonder where you got it. How often do you go to the Mac App Store, type in a search, and instead of it saying buy, it says get, it says download. It's like, oh, all the time. I bought that already. I went in looking for a color picker and turns out I bought one about six months ago. (laughs) Well, there's a better one. It's when it says open. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because it's even installed. That's even worse, yeah. Not only
0: did I buy it before I've installed it right here. I need to do a, do a clean install really soon, I'm telling you. But I wouldn't have run across Balthasar Tidy otherwise, so...
1: yes, yeah, so there we go. Two free tips. This has been very productive. There we go.
0: All right, well, this was fun, Bart. I smiled all the way through this. I enjoyed the heck out of it.
1: Excellent. So I'm really... I, I think I may have finally, after three years or whatever, found the right amount of content to fit into this show.
0: Yeah, it feels... I, I, I'm not. I'm not tired. I'm. I'm uh, well, this this work is a lot easier too than
1: than the JavaScript stuff. So that is a fair point. We are. I did promise you that this would be a bit of a, a bit of a light break as we went back to CSS and HTML. And yeah, it's it's much more hands on, right? Yeah, much more. You type something and something changes right in front of your eyes, Instant right there, there and <laughs> Yeah, and Yeah, we all like a bit of that. Let's be honest. Right, right, right.
0: All right, Bart. Well, thanks. Uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks.
1: Talk to you in a couple of weeks. And until then, happy computing.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. This show is not supported by ads. It's supported by you. If you learn from the show, or even if you're just merely entertained by the shows, please consider supporting the show. If you go to podfeet.com, there's a big red button in the top banner that says, Support the Show. If you click it, that will reveal to you several ways to contribute. You can pledge a monthly amount using Patreon. You can use the Amazon Affiliate link for your country. You can make a one-time donation using PayPal, or you can record a listener review, which is an awesome way to contribute. You can always chat directly with me via Twitter at Podfeet or email me at allison at podfeet.com. You can join the conversation in Facebook by going to podfeet.com slash Facebook or on Google Plus at podfeet.com slash Google Plus. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.